Well, my name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside as well. And again, I'd like to welcome all of you here and, and just uh, say that we're glad that you've joined us this morning. As we begin this morning, I want you to think about storms, and, and not necessarily the literal ones, though they can be part of it, but I mean the storms that come into our lives that turn everything upside down. Those things that happen in our lives, the bad things, the broken things that happen in our lives that, that all of a sudden we find ourselves feeling like the bottom fell out, right? All of a sudden we feel like we're out of control. Some of these storms can come in an instant, right? I mean, maybe you go to the doctor and uh, you leave the doctor's office and he says, everything looks good, everything's fine. And, and then two days later he calls and says, meet me at the emergency room. There was something in your blood that we need to check out. And you need to get there right now, and it's cancer or leukemia or something. But all of a sudden, I mean, you get that diagnosis. Some of you have been there. Some of you are there. But you get that diagnosis, and it just feels like your world is just shaking. It feels like your world is just kind of falling apart. Or, or you're driving down the highway, and you hit a patch of ice. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you're going sideways. You're spinning around at 50 miles an hour, and, and, and you feel like you're out of control. Maybe it's at work. Maybe you go in one day and, and uh, the boss calls you in and says, I got some really bad news. Our company's been bought out and they're bringing in a whole new management team. For some of you, you've been fired that quickly. And all of a sudden, it's like the world just turns upside down. Or our kids, our kids, you know, you get a call and they've been arrested or something like that. Some of them come on in an instant. Some of them we can see coming. They, they grow more gradually. Our health declines little bit by little bit. The, the job, is, is, the economy is such that we know that it's falling apart, that things are getting rougher. But the fact of the matter is we all face storms in our lives. We all have situations. You've all had times in your life where you've gotten some news where something has happened and your world is just shaking. You all ha- know what it's like. No matter how hard we try to protect ourselves, no matter how much we try to give ourselves security, we know what it's like to have those storms come in that shake us. And the question we need to think about today is where do we go? Where do you go in those moments? Where do we go when the storms strike? Where do we go when it feels like everything is falling apart? In order to answer that, we're going to take again a look at the prophet Isaiah. We've been looking at his vision of God. He says, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. And and we've said that that's not just some abstract theological thinking, but this has very practical implications. And and, and today, I think, is perhaps as practical as we can be with this. Because he talks about what happens when we face the storms of life. There are two major storms when Isaiah was a prophet. We're going to talk about the first one today. All right, two major storms for the nation of Judah. Uh, For those of you who who don't know, and I don't always remember this myself, but uh, Israel has been divided into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is uh, Israel. The southern kingdom is Judah, okay? And, and, And Isaiah's a prophet for about 50 years from the late um, 745 B.C. to 695 B.C., for about 50 years uh, in that Judah, in that southern kingdom. And I'll show you a map in just a minute. But there were two major crises, two major storms that came on uh, the people of Judah during his time. And, and I want to see how they responded to this first one and, and what they did with it. So let me kind of give you some background of this storm. The 50 years before this all happened was good, were good years for Israel and for Judah. They, they expanded. Um, again, the two superpowers of the world at that time, Egypt and Assyria, were, were kind of uh, having internal difficulties. So Israel was doing well. The economy was growing and, and things were going well in Israel, but uh, between about 745 and 741, Tiglath-Pileser III, TP3, uh, took over in Assyria, and Assyria grew in power, and Assyria started to move down and started to take, uh, its way, make its way toward, uh, toward Israel, all right? They started to get over closer and closer to Israel. 
Six years later, now we're going to jump to 735 B.C., uh, TP3 is continuing to come, all right? And he's getting closer and closer. And, and this creates the first crisis for Judah. This creates the first challenge, the, the first storm for, for, for Judah. So let's kind of focus more on this here, all right? Let's look a little bit closer at this. Again, Judah is the, the yellow, all right? Judah is the yellow. Israel, which is, again, Israel and Judah are the same nation, but they're separated, separate kings, separate kingdoms. It's light blue. And then Aram is the dark blue. And Assyria is the red, okay? Assyria is the red, and they are coming, and uh, the reason I have them going off the map is because they're just that big, okay? They are just that powerful. They are a monster. They are a superpower that is just swallowing up city after city and nation after nation, okay? So that's where Judah is. That's where Jerusalem, that's where Isaiah is, okay? All right, now, Assyria continues to dominate, and what happens is the king of Aram is getting scared, right? You're in that situation, you're getting scared. So what Aram does is the king of Aram talks to the king of Israel and they form a coalition. They form a coalition and say, look, rather than getting picked off one by one, let's join together. And then they go and they talk to Judah and they say, why don't you join us too, all right? The the three of us, maybe we can stop Assyria. Maybe we can draw a line in the sand uh, right here. And and so they go to, to, to Judah and they ask Judah to join them and King Ahaz says no. No, we are not going to join you. And, and so Aram and, and Israel, the, the blue, all right, they decide to attack. And that's the moment of crisis. They decide to attack Judah. So, so you've got to imagine Judah is uh, not that large of a nation, okay? They're not that large of a nation. You've got Aram and Isra- uh, Israel joined together, the blue. They're, they're coming down on them. And behind them is Assyria, the red. And, and, and the people of Isaiah's day were just scared. As I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what? It's like these fish eating fish eating fish, right? <laughs> you know, Judah is, is the, the little goldfish there, and then Israel, Aram, the blue fish, and then Assyria is, is the red fish. And I'll tell you, if you're the little goldfish, it's scary. And sometimes we feel like that because the blue fish is cancer or the blue fish is, is, is a house payment that we can't make or whatever it is. But you know what it's like to feel like, oh my goodness, I don't know how we're going to get through this. They're chasing us down. It's, it's too much. It's overpowering and so on. That's where the nation of Judah was. Isaiah 7 verse 2. Now the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim, that's Israel, so the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind, okay? And, and, and so you've got to get that sense. And, and you put yourselves in the shoes of King Ahaz that he's there. There's one nation ready to eat him. There's another nation behind them ready to eat him. And, and at this point, Judah has basically four options, okay? At this point, King Ahaz of Judah has four options. One, he can go this way, and he can join. He can say, ah, we didn't mean it when we said we didn't want to join with you. Uh, if you're going to go to war, we'll join you, and, and, and we'll be a part of your coalition. He could go down to Egypt and, and try to join with them. They're not that strong, but Egypt is a possibility that's, that's there. He could uh, bring the nation up to Assyria and make an alliance with Assyria, okay? That's another option for him here. Or the fourth one is could just trust God, and, and he could just stay where he is and just say, you know what? We're going to put our faith in God, and we're not going to make any other alliances. Those are the four options, all right? So that's where Ahaz is. That's where uh, Israel is, uh, Judah is, rather. Again, you got to kind of, if you put yourself, think of that storm striking your life. Put yourself in that situation, and, and, and it's coming after you, and now Isaiah is going to talk to Ahaz, okay? Isaiah is going to talk to Ahaz. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, 
go out, you and your son, Shear Jashub, to meet Ahaz. And this is interesting because he gives very specific instructions at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. Very specific instructions. Um, why, why does he talk about that? I think, I think what's going on there is this. You've you got to understand warfare in this time. Because what would happen is all these cities had walls around them, and when you were inside the walls, you were okay. When you were inside the walls, you were protected, and, and, and the other armies couldn't get at you. But there was one huge problem. You needed food and you needed water, right? You, you needed supplies. And unless your city had a spring in it, if your city had a spring in it, you'd be okay. But if your city doesn't have a spring in it, and Jerusalem doesn't, then you needed an aqueduct. You needed a place that would gather water. And, and, and so this is, again, a guess of where it might be. This is the city wall for Jerusalem, uh, a mock-up of it. And this is what is probably today the Pool of Bethesda, all right? But it's, but it's this aqueduct. It's this watery reservoir, and it sits outside of the city walls. And, and that's where Isaiah is going to talk to Ahaz. And, and so what I think what he's saying is this is your most vulnerable point. This is when you are weakest. If, if, if Aram and Israel get a hold of this, you're a dead man. And so Isaiah brings Ahaz and meets Ahaz at his weakest point, at his most vulnerable point, and he brings him these words. And, 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 and this is just fascinating. He says, say to him, God tells Isaiah, say to him, be careful. Be careful. Word for us as we find ourselves in a storm. The first word, be careful. Now this is not, watch out because the red fish is going to eat you. Watch out because the blue fish is going to eat you. This is not be careful because there are all sorts of bad things. No, this is be careful, slow down. Pay attention. Watch out. You see, Isaiah knows, God knows, you know, and I know that when we find ourselves in a crisis, when we find ourselves in a storm, what we tend to do is we want to just react instinctively and quickly, right? We want to just do something fast. We want to just get, we want to get rid of it. I, I think of my dad when, when he was diagnosed with some precancerous cells, prostate cancer. I mean, he called and he was like, I want surgery today. I want it out of me right now. Just get it out. Just get it out. The doctor said, slow down, slow down. But that's the way it is, right? I mean, when you're on the road, and, and I, this happened to me last week, coming down 131, and all of a sudden I'm going sideways, what do you, what's the instinct, right? It's boom. I want to turn, slow down, right? If you're in Michigan, you know. If you've driven on ice, you know you don't overcorrect, right? You've got to just be careful, be careful. And, 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 and Ahaz is in a situation where he needs to be careful because in this moment of crisis, he, he, he's got those options, but he has to be careful to listen to God's voice. And, and so, too, when we get into those crises, because at those moments, we're so tempted to compromise. I mean, if you, if you find somebody, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your income, it is, that is the time when you are most vulnerable to a temptation to, to, to do something wrong at work, to try to save your job, to lie, to cheat, to steal, to embezzle, to do something right. It's at that moment. And, 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 and so the first word of God for us in a storm is just be careful. Be careful. Pay attention. Because you're vulnerable right now. You, you're in this dangerous place right now. And it's going to be so tempting to, to, to put your faith in Assyria. It's going to be so tempting to put your faith in Egypt. It's going to be so tempting to do some of those things. Be careful. And then these six words. Keep calm and don't be afraid. Keep calm and don't be afraid. R-E-L-A. Relax. Keep calm 
and don't be afraid. I couldn't help but think about the posters that have been and the t-shirts that have been around that keep calm and whatever it is. Uh, actually, a little trivia here. It goes back to the nation of Great Britain at the beginning of World War II. They made all these posters saying, keep calm and carry on. And now people are using it for all sorts of things. But I want to say Isaiah was the first keep calm guy. Isaiah was the first keep calm guy. He says to, to Ahaz in the midst of the storm, just relax, keep calm, and don't be afraid. He, he knows that in our fear, we often make foolish decisions. In our fear, when we are driven by fear, this is why the New Testament says perfect love casts out fear, but when we are driven by fear of each other, of looking foolish, when you and I are driven by fear, we find ourselves in questionable places, and we find ourselves doing questionable things. And so Isaiah says, to, 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 Isaiah says to Ahaz, just, just relax. Keep calm. Don't be afraid. Keep calm and don't be afraid. And, and I say to you, in your storm, if you're in one right now, keep calm and don't be afraid. Now, if I'm in, a, if I'm in, 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 in Ahaz's shoes, I, I, I'm saying, excuse me, how do I do that? I mean, I'm this little goldfish here, and I got the bluefish and the redfish. Excuse me, that's really neat to say keep calm and don't be afraid. Ron, it's really neat for you to say keep calm and don't be afraid. You're not the one who's going to have to move out of your house. You're not the one whose child is battling cancer. You're not the one. How can you tell me to keep calm and not be afraid? That's crazy. Ahaz has got to be saying, are you serious? Have you seen the fish that are out there? And this is where we come to Isaiah saying, yeah, but I've seen the Lord. Think about this. Isaiah says, but I've seen the Lord. The only way that you and I are able to keep calm and, and not be afraid in the face of challenges and difficulties and struggles like this is by remembering. It is by remembering that God is the great king, that he is the Lord Almighty. He is the sovereign. What Isaiah says, Ahaz, is you got to understand, I've seen the Lord. This is chapter 7. Chapter 6 is right before. Chapter 6 is where we have that vision of Isaiah coming into God's presence and, and, and Isaiah seeing just how big God is, just how big God is, just how powerful God is. And, and, and in the light of that, in the light of seeing what a real king is like, Isaiah says, you know what? You can relax. You can keep calm. You don't need to be afraid because our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. And nothing can stop him. Look at what Isaiah said in chapter 6. We've talked about the holiness of God here. But think about the power of God and the strength of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Hey, as you got to understand, I saw the Lord. And when I see the Lord, everything else looks small. When I see the Lord, I realize I don't need to be afraid of anything else. When I see the Lord, when I see the Lord, I can relax. I can keep calm and not be afraid. I saw the Lord. He was high and exalted and seated on a throne. He was the king. Hey, as you got to understand, and the train of his robe filled his temple. Jumping down, woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And I think that picture of God, of God as the King, of God seated on his throne, it is what carried Isaiah through everything for the rest of the book. And it carried him through every storm, and it carried him through every crisis, and it can do the same thing for us. We need to have a God who is big enough. We need to have a God who is strong enough. We need to have a God who, who we can understand that, that, well, as Isaiah says in chapter 66, this is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth. And he means there everything created. All of creation is my footstool. 
Where's the house you will build me? Where's my resting place? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. Keep calm and don't be afraid because God is the great king. And and I've been thinking about that this week. And I've been praying that you can get a, a vision of God like that. When you're facing that storm, if your spouse comes to you and says, our marriage is over, you know what? It's going to scare you and it's going to rock your world. But you say, you know what? I can hope because my God is king. I can hope because my God is big enough and I have seen the Lord. And and when you get that diagnosis of whatever it is, you say, no, I have seen the Lord and he is bigger than anything. Now, it doesn't mean that all our problems just immediately go away doesn't mean that all of our difficulties are just immediately gone but I tell you this there is no storm you'll face there is no problem you will face in your life that is bigger than our God there is no problem that is not just like underneath his feet the earth is his footstool and our God is big enough and strong enough and we need to keep that perspective that's what Isaiah says to Ahaz he says do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood Aram and, and, and Israel, right? Don't, don't lose heart. They look like a fire to you, right? They look like this monster fire to you. But they're really in God's eyes. They're just two smoldering stubs of firewood because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the sons of Ramel, and the son of Ramalia. I, I know verse 5 and 6, they're, they're, they're threatening you. Aram and Ephraim and Ramalia's sons have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and, and make the son of Tabeel king over it. I know. He said he's going to destroy you. And and from where you are, and again, this is the way it is in our world, from where we sit, our problems look like this. But let me tell you what the sovereign Lord says. This, Isaiah says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I've seen the king, and he's big enough. I've seen the king, and he's powerful enough. And he says, it will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. And within 65 years, Ephraim, that's Israel, will be too shattered to be a people. Isaiah says, you know what? Keep calm and don't be afraid. Because I've seen the king, and he is going to win. Keep calm and don't be afraid. If you do not stand firm in your faith, verse 9, you will not stand at all. I have seen the king, and he is big enough so I can keep calm and not be afraid. Ephraim's going to be destroyed. And, and, and Isaiah goes on in chapter 7 to say, you know, God's going to use Assyria. God's going to use Egypt, and, and they're going to take him away. Verse 18, in that day, the Lord will whistle for flies from the Nile Delta in Egypt and for bees from the land of Assyria. This is not a passage to be taken literally. It's not that all these flies are going to come up from, from uh, you know, Egypt and all these bees. are No, these are the armies, right? And and, and part of what I love here is Isaiah understands the bigness of God. Uh, Isaiah understands the power of God. And he says, what does God do? He whistles. Come on. God whistles, and Assyria does what God wants. God whistles, and Egypt goes where he wants them to do. God is large. God is in charge. God is a God who is great and big and powerful. And I sometimes let my God get too small. I sometimes let my God get too small. I, I, I love the images that, that, that Isaiah gives us here, okay? Again, you've got the little fish, Judah, got the blue fish and the red fish. And, and, and what we see is a monster, right? But what God sees is just a smoldering match, a smoldering stub of firewood. 
It, 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 yeah, you know, and, and, and don't, it, it, a match can hurt. I don't want to minimize that, okay? A match can hurt. You can get burned. You can get hurt this way. But let's remember, I mean, in God's eyes, these things are nothing compared to what God is. In Egypt, it's just a bunch of flies. Flies are a pain. By the way, if you want a great Christmas present, Harbor Freight has these electric fly swatters. They're so cool. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's, a, and, 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 and Assyria, it's just bees. They're just bees. Again, bees sting. Bees hurt. But they're nothing. Isaiah says, I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I, I was praying with a group of pastors this week, and uh, we were praying for each other. And, and one of them was going through a, a, a really challenging time. And, and the image that kept coming into my mind as I was praying for this person was just the Lion of Judah just pacing back and forth. That, that Lion of Judah protecting and, and caring and love, saying, you know what, God is strong enough. God is strong enough. And I thought, I need to remember that my God is a king. My God is a lion. My God is powerful. Isaiah says, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. We will not lose. We can get beat up. We, we can get chewed on, but we cannot get taken out of his hands. We need a big vision of God. Be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid because God is the great king. God is great and awesome and powerful. Let's go back to our fish. Th this is how I want you to think about it. Again, we are the little goldfish, the enemies, and then the bigger enemies. A and what Isaiah says is keep calm and don't be afraid, goldfish. And, and we say, how? And he says, because I have seen the king. <laughs> See, there's another big goldfish. <laughs> and, and, and he will take care of those little fish. They might nip at us. They might hurt us. They might damage us significantly. But there is a big fish in the pond. There is a big fish in the pond. And in his time and in his way, he will come and he will eat up those other fish. And God will make all things new. And God will destroy all the enemies. And God will be done with all the cancer. And God will put all of that away. And then guess what? You and I, for eternity, get to swim around through heaven with our God, right? That's reality. Isaiah says, I have seen the Lord, and he's a big fish. I have seen the Lord, and he is bigger than Aram and Israel and TP3. I have seen the Lord. So be calm and don't be afraid. Keep calm and don't be afraid. But it's not always easy to do that. Because the fact of the matter is sometimes it doesn't feel like God is there. I had times in my life when I was sure that God was there. And then there are other times when those fish start to bite, when those storms start to strike, where it feels like God isn't there. And that's where faith is. Again, Isaiah 7, if you don't stand on faith, you will not stand at all. It's knowing that even when we can barely see God, it's knowing when we can barely see the king, that he is still there and he will take care of us. All right, he will be there. And, and, and so that's what God calls us to do this morning, is to keep calm and don't be afraid in the midst of storms. To keep calm and trust him. It doesn't mean we don't go to doctors. That doesn't mean we don't have struggles. It doesn't mean it's not going to get hurt. You, you all know that. There are difficulties and pain. But friends, let yourself just see how big God is today. 
The Jesus who comes to us is a king of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day he will put all things under his feet. Let's go back to Ahaz, right? I mean, Isaiah comes to Ahaz and says, look, keep calm and don't be afraid. God's going to take care of the bluefish. God's going to take care of the redfish. Just trust him, okay, Ahaz? Just trust God. Don't make an alliance with anybody else. Just trust God. Ahaz unfortunately fails. And, and we need to go to 2 Kings. And look at what Ahaz does. Ahaz sent messengers to say to tiglath Pileser, TP3, king of Assyria, I am your servant and vassal. I trust in you. I trust in you. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Aram and the king of Israel who are attacking me. And, and look at what Ahaz does. He takes the silver and the gold found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace and he sent it as a gift to the king of Assyria. Now again, I'm not saying that we don't use good help that God gives us in terms of medicine. This is not saying, well, just trust God and don't go to the doctor. No, we do that. But you know what? We don't compromise in the storms. We don't compromise how God has called us to live. That's what Ahaz did. Ahaz went this way. And, and, and it created problems. The fact is, Judah survived. And by 720, Israel and Aram are gone. And Assyria has taken it. And I didn't intend it, but it looks a lot like the red fish is now ready to swallow the, blue, the yellow fish, doesn't it? Ahaz bought short-term peace. And it lasted till the next crisis, which happens in 701. I'm not going to talk about that one this morning. But his son will pay a price. And the whole nation ultimately will be lost. So what about us? Where will we go when the storms of life strike? I say some of you are in the midst of it. And this is the hardest thing in the world to do. I know, instinctively, it's just, I want to jump, I want to do something, I want to I change it, I want to get rid of it, I want do what we can, but ultimately we must keep calm and not be afraid. Because my eyes have seen the Lord, the King Almighty, the King, the Lord Almighty. And, and when the storm strikes, when you're going through that loneliness or that pain, remember that our God is bigger, our God is straighter. We're going to add one more facet here. We've looked at God as the holy one. God is the brokenhearted farmer. God is the judge. And now we add that God is the king. Isaiah saw the Lord. There's a song that we've been uh, singing last several years called Our God. I'm going to invite Kevin to come on up here. He's going to play it on the piano. We're going to sing it together. It says, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God our God. I, I realize there are times when, when having a big vision of God creates a problem because I say, God, why didn't you do something? I'd rather live with that problem than having a God not of the Bible because the God of the Bible is always big enough and strong enough. So I want to invite you to stand and we're going to sing through this chorus twice. And as you do this, whatever storm you have, whether it's a little one or a big one, just picture God being bigger and greater and stronger and, and be that let that god be that lion just protecting you
sometimes really scared we, we face problems that are overwhelming to us we face difficulties in health or in finances or in relationships or with our kids and, and God we just need to know that you're big enough and, and sometimes we struggle with why you don't do what we want you to do but we will trust we will trust that you are bigger and greater and stronger that you are the lion of Judah that you are the one who is large and in control so give us that faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, following our service, you can uh, join some folks in the prayer room. They'll be happy to meet with you and pray with you if you'd like to talk with somebody after the service. Now, people of God, as you go from this place, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ goes with us. And may we know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is big enough to take care of us. Go in God's grace. Amen.